0: Yes, sir, honey, it happened on one of them zippity-doo-dah days. Now, that's the kind of day when you can't open your mouth without a song. Jump right out of it. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine hit my way. Zippity-doo-dah.
1: Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine.
0: Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 178. We are continuing our storytelling series, which has been so much fun. Today, our attraction is Splash Mountain. Yes. And it's surprising because I chose this one. You love this attraction way more than I do.
1: Yeah. I feel like the first time you even rode this attraction was with me, like after we were engaged. So, well into the relationship, well after going to Disney World a couple times together. And it took a lot of coaxing. And this is one of those rides you either love it or. You hate it.
0: I was in the hate it camp for a very long time without ever riding it. I'll admit it. I was a chicken. But now I see the light.
1: And I think, I mean, there's the thrill factor, but I think what most people hate about it is the whole getting wet part. And I totally get it. And we're going to talk about all of that today for sure. But if you can get over the water aspect of the ride, it's an amazing ride.
0: Yeah, so the format for these shows are we do a scene breakdown of the attraction. We share the history of the attraction. We try to figure out what the lesson is or what the storytelling aspect that we really need to key in on for these attractions. Then we give it our personal history and our Neverland score. Very elusive. Tony Baxter is listening (laughs) today to know what we are giving his attraction. For sure. So stay tuned.
1: Stay tuned.
0: Pins and needles. <laughs> All right, you ready to do the scene breakdown?
1: Yeah, so when you get on this attraction, you are going on a journey inside a Hollowed Out Log, hence the log flume, and you are transported into the world of Rare Rabbit, which is actually pause for dramatic effect, which state is in Georgia.
0: I did not know that.
1: I wouldn't have guessed that either. If you were to guess a southern state for this to take place in, what would have come to mind?
0: Mississippi.
1: Oh, my God. That's literally what I was going to say. Well,
0: the swamps make me think like Florida or Mississippi.
1: Mm -hmm. Or even Louisiana. Or
0: Louisiana. I
1: listened to some clips um, from like in doing research from the movie and everything, and they had pretty thick Cajun. Accents, in my opinion, that's what it sounded like from when I've been down there.
0: But it's Georgia. It's Georgia. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So anywho, you quickly join along the adventures of Br'er Rabbit as he leaves his home and he is pursued by the two villains, Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear.
0: Stop. Is Br'er Bear really a villain?
1: He's kind of like the goon, like the sidekick, but he's wrapped into it like he has.
0: He doesn't know any better. He
1: doesn't know any better, but he's still participating.
0: Fox is the villain. Let's make that clear.
1: Okay, we met both of them actually at a um, Moonlight Magic event. Yeah, they were pretty. They were very animated.
0: Fox was very like conniving, manipulative, trying to trick people. He was bossing Bear around. Bear
1: was pretty dopey.
0: Yeah, it was a good meet and greet. Mm -hmm. The only bad thing was our pictures turned out awful.
1: Awful. But it was dark. At least we always have the memories. It was a good time.
0: I've tried so many times to fix them in Photoshop.
1: (laughs) It doesn't work. But anyway, you travel through the backwoods, the swamps and bayous on your way to... The Laughing Place, and you see lots of different animals, lots of critters, um, geese, frogs, possums are all singing the first song, which is called How Do You Do? I honestly
0: can't even hear this song right now. I I guess, is it because Zippity Doodle is so iconic that you're not listening at this point?
1: I, I can hear it. It's like, da 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 Da, 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 oh, okay. Da, 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 okay. Da, da. I'm pretty sure it's that one. No, if I'm wrong, then I'm going to sound really dumb. But that's the one that I'm singing in my head right now.
0: Okay. Now now I hear it. I'm okay. on board.
1: Okay, good. Um, You then round a corner, and that's when you see Br'er Bear, who is caught in a trap while Fox is pestering him or tormenting him um, and encouraging him that they are going to catch the rabbit. So, obviously, Br'er Bear... Was not supposed to be in the trap. It was probably set up for rare rabbit. But again, he's kind of dopey.
0: he got a big bear butt.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so comedic humor in this ride, too. Um, but then from there, you see. Rare rabbit is then trying to trick the bear, into being trapped in a beehive. So he's still trying to find his laughing place. And this is kind of where the mood gets a little more omnious. And this is something actually that was very intentional by the Imagineers when I was doing some research. And the very beginning, if you really pay attention to the ride, the colors are very bright and very happy. Um, and there is kind of that uplifting mood, but as you go through the ride, everything starts to get darker because they're trying to set that tone that things are getting a little more serious or a little more that the rabbit's in danger. Basically, it worked. It does work.
0: You get antsy,
1: mm-hmm. and I think that's the fun of this ride too. So as things start to get a little more ominous, um, the characters begin to sing "Burrower, Bur." Or, bur-
0: Burroughs Lament. <laughs> <What>? Ooh, <laughs> Reading is hard.
1: It's hard. And that's where you get your first warning that there's a briar patch ahead. Scary. that all you have to say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's scary at this point because not only do you have the vultures, who I know you're about to talk about, mm-hmm. but there's different like families, animal families. And like, like it's hiding. the it's the mothers, who are telling you to be scared. Like you don't want your mom to say something is scary.
1: That's when it. That's when it's real. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I mean, again, I think that's intentional. That it's these motherly figures telling you you should not go this way.
1: Mm-hmm. So then we finally see Brer rabbit is captured by Brer fox and Brer bear, and it's right before. Rabbit tricks Fox into throwing him into the briar patch. So there's definitely this common theme here where rabbit is pretty used to being pursued by these two, but he's pretty good on his feet. He's he's good at outsmarting them. And you kind of see that theme throughout the entire ride and even in the movies from what I could not the movies, but the movie from what I've researched.
0: And the reason why he wants to be thrown into the Briar Patch is because, do you know? No. He grew up in a Briar Patch.
1: So he's not scared?
0: Yeah, so he's used to navigating it.
1: Oh, I didn't know that, actually.
0: I saw that in my research, but I didn't put it in my notes.
1: Oh, well, that's a good one. That's interesting. I was
0: holding it on you. I was tricking you like rare Fox. Like
1: this one. From here, you get different drops that kind of mimic the fall into the briar patch and it concludes with the biggest drop which is about 52 feet tall and that's the big one that everyone is trying to avoid after the drop you enter back into the mountain where all the animals are singing the rousing chorus of and that's the end of it so you do end on a high note
0: is it the best ending to a ride
1: Oh, man, you put me on the spot there. I would say it's up there. Now I'm trying to think of something that would be better I'm going through my memory. OK,
0: I'm thinking about. The as silly as it sounds, the bond that is created between you and the other people in your log. <laughs> is you don't write it without any. There's always a conversation that takes place as you finished the final drop you and go you're going back corner. into zippity doo and the waterfall is going to hit the people on the right so you're trying to you know you're lean like on the other people them. or hope that it doesn't stop right there so that's what i think that's what i always think is unique is that you could not talk to the people that you're riding with the entire time but once you at that point it's inevitable there's some conversation or laughter that has to take place I remember in Disneyland when we rode this, do you remember the girls who rode with us? Yes, they were two young girls, Mm -hmm. and I wish I knew, but I don't. They were they were Asian. Mm -hmm. I think they were Chinese, but I don't know for certain. So I hate saying that, but they didn't speak English from what we could tell. But they like giggled and laughed the entire time. And then at the end, in that part, they were like, you know, speaking a little English, like, well, watch out and things Uh like that. So, I mean, I just think that ending is so bonding.
1: The only other ride I can think of that is similar in that aspect would be the River Rapids ride in Animal Kingdom
0: yeah for similar reasons,
1: for similar reasons, because it's hilarious, mostly if you're not the one getting soaked. It's always more funny when you're not the one getting soaked, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I agree. I think for that reason and for just the the ending and the song at the end, it is a good ending,
0: all right. So let's talk about the differences between Walt Disney Worlds and Disneyland's version. Of this ride. There's also one in Tokyo. We've never been on it. So we're going to exclude it from most of the conversation today. But as far as the scene breakdowns. I found three differences. I'm sure there are many, many, many more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Big ones that I ever found in Disneyland. Brer Rabbit, when he's leaving his home and going off into his adventure to the laughing place. He tells Brer Turtle that he is leaving in Walt Disney World. He tells Mr. Bluebird.
1: Hmm. I wonder if that's just because it makes it seem more like the song.
0: Uh, Judging off other things that we'll talk about in history, it's probably who they had an animatronic available for.
1: That's true, too. Yeah.
0: Next one. Obviously, the ride vehicles are different. So you set two by two in Walt Disney World and you set single file one by one in Disneyland. Last one. Very minor. The vultures are wearing top hats in Walt Disney World.
1: Hmm, Does that make fun. them
0: less scary? Wearing top hats.
1: Yeah, it makes them more proper. Yeah, they're more proper vultures.
0: So that's the scene breakdown. You know, there are a lot of little nuanced stories involved in it as well. But that's the gist of it of where Rabbit is trying to escape. Where Fox. I'm going to be honest. I never knew that the Drop was mimicking the fall into the briar patch.
1: I mean, it makes sense. You, you are know, going into the briar patch. Did
0: you know that, though? That that's like what it was mimicking?
1: No, because I didn't know that that. I guess I never put two and two together. That that's what he convinced him to do was throw him over into the briar patch. Like, I just figured you were falling or running away. I don't know. Yeah, but.
0: OK, history, history, history. So Splash Mountain, the first version opened, opened on July 17th, 1989 in Disneyland. This was six months behind schedule of when they wanted to open it. And. I don't know how many of you were alive in the 80s. I went back and watched it. (laughs) The media and the promotional material that Disneyland made for this was absolutely insane.
1: They went all out.
0: The rap music video that they did. Was single handedly one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: We're definitely going to be posting it on social media.
0: It is excellent. (laughs) The toys that they created to promote it. We have a Happy Meal toy that was promoting Disneyland's Splash Mountain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a very, very big deal when it first opened. And I guess it's kind of typical for Disney, even back then, that they kind of are always behind construction schedule.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to open in January.
0: Can you imagine? I mean, I guess in Southern California, it's not it too bad. probably doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. But Even in Florida, probably doesn't matter.
0: Well, there's some January days in Florida. Yeah,
1: that's true. I don't true. think you would want to do it.
0: So there are now currently three different versions of this ride. Of course, the original being located in Critter Country in Disneyland. The other versions include one in Frontierland at Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom. And the other in Critter Country in Tokyo, Disneyland. In Disneyland, it was the land Critter Country used to be Bear Country. But when they put in preparation for putting Splash Mountain in, they changed Bear Country to Critter Country in 1988. It is very hard for me to say Critter Country like a normal
1: person. I know we we make fun of this so much because I don't know. It's just funny to us that they have a critter country. It's I don't know, just because that's not what we grew up with. It's probably weird for other people that we don't have a critter country in Walt Disney World. But
0: but it's so tempting to say it in like a very southern hick accent.
1: Oh, yeah, that's how we the whole time we were in Disneyland. That's how we said it.
0: We will spare you from
1: we will (laughs) (laughs) from our exaggerated accents. But I think it makes sense. I think that's an interesting move on Disney's part. On Disney's part to change the whole name of the land. I I can't think of another instance where that's happened.
0: So Bear Country. Do you know what? Obviously, Country Bear Jamboree. It was for Country Bear Jamboree. What else was back there? Obviously, Pooh wasn't back there.
1: Yeah, maybe that was it. Interesting. Maybe that's why they needed Splash Mountain because. I know back in the day, Country Bear Jamboree was a big deal, but I can't imagine now just having a land all about the Country Bears.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's my worst nightmare. (laughs) Our Country Bear Jamboree fans have turned off the episode. Probably. Got rid of them. Good. Um, So Splash Mountain is one of the longest attractions with the ride time being 18 minutes, Mm -hmm. which. It's kind of crazy because that was all the talk when Rise of the Resistance came out, that it was over 20 minutes. And people were like, can you keep my attention for that long? The answer is yes. Yes,
1: (laughs) Yes, they can. For both
0: instances, Mm -hmm. I think.
1: It doesn't feel that long. And I do think it's because there's so much going on with the plot of, you know, the back and forth between Bear Fox and Bear Bear and Bear Rabbit. I think... With all of that and all the little drops and everything that they kind of throw at you, it is very enticing.
0: Yeah. So the actual structure of the ride and the drop specifically is a 52 and a half foot drop. It's more than five stories long and it's at a 45 degree angle. It feels much steeper than that.
1: It does. But I mean, I guess it can't be too steep just because there's no... Like seat belts or lap restraints or anything.
0: Yeah. So at the time of opening, it was the longest ride uh, log flume drop in the world. Hmm. We've been on a lot of log flumes. Have we? <laughs> I feel like every theme park in the world has a log flume.
1: It's probably true.
0: For any Nashville people, the old school Opryland used to have a log flume. It was big time.
1: Was it? I never got to ride it.
0: Um, Tokyo's version is actually a little bit taller at 60 feet tall.
1: Ooh, which is interesting because Tokyo only opened their version of Splash Mountain one day after Disney World opened there. So it wasn't even like it was a couple years later and they decided to up the thrill. So I don't know why the difference there between the two.
0: And we don't know this as fact, but... From people that we've talked to who have been to Tokyo, I specifically remember Walt's Wardrobe told us that it was that typically Japanese people do not like thrill rides too much.
1: Hmm. Yeah, So it's interesting
0: that they would build their version taller.
1: I guess I figured maybe if they're going to ride it, they might as well get their thrill for the trip. I don't know.
0: So the logs can drop as fast as 40 miles per hour. And then there are nine hundred and fifty thousand gallons of wonderful smelling water.
1: That is probably one of the worst parts about getting wet. Like it's one thing to get wet, but there is a distinct like water park smell, even on Cali River Rapids.
0: Well, Disney water has its own particular smell. Mm hmm. And I can't remember the chemical that they put in there, but it's a very unique smell that you can smell. I did not know this. The original name for this attraction was zip ad river run which is it's so tempting to say zippity Do, Yeah. Zip-A-D-River-Run. And of all people, the name was changed by Michael Eisner suggested it.
1: Mm -hmm. He wanted it to include Splash, and it said it was to promote the romantic comedy of Splash. And at first, I was just like, what the heck does that mean? Like, that doesn't even make sense. But it turns out Splash was another movie that came out around this same time. Obviously, it wasn't very popular, but I think that was a subtle way that he thought it could be promoted. It doesn't make sense, but the name to me is better as Splash Mountain than Zippity River Run.
0: It it is better, and it follows the theme of mountains
1: mm-hmm. in
0: Magic Kingdom. So I, I mean I, I can't Zippity River Run just doesn't.
1: It's a mouthful.
0: It is a mouthful. So this ride was the idea of Imagineer Tony Baxter in 1983. Lot of film time in the Imagineering story on this. All we can say, God bless Tony Baxter. <laughs> the man's a genius.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, without a doubt.
0: So, the large cast of singing audio animatronics figures in the Splash Mountain finale, where they're singing Zippity Doodah, originally made their Disneyland Park debut in America Sings, where they perform traditional and patriotic melodies in Tomorrowland from 1974. To 1988. Disney legend Mark Davis, who of course was one of Walt Disney's nine old men, designed many of them. So, first of all, that sounds like Walt to a T.
1: Oh, yeah. It also. Old patriotic <laughs>
0: songs.
1: It also sounds terribly boring. <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: So, when America Sings was closing down to the lack of attendance, shocker. <laughs> They decided to use the same animatronics in a brand new ride to cut down on costs. So, many, many, many of the animatronics that you see in Disneyland and Walt Disney World's version are repurposed animatronics.
1: They're mostly the ones in that ending scene on the big river boat. Those, I think, in particular, are the ones that got refurbished. But they did this mostly because the ride when it was being built already cost about $75 million. And that was a huge expense at the time.
0: Yeah. So originally the ride seating did not accommodate for everyone to have their own backrest, which
1: that sounds terrible. It, it does sound
0: terrible. So what would you, would you be leaning on the knees of the yes. person behind
1: you? Yes.
0: Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. That sounds like my worst nightmare. Uh, The ride seating was modified in 2002. They cut the seating from seven down to five and put in the backrest. Is that just for Disneyland's version?
1: Yeah, just for Disneyland.
0: So Disney World always had backrest.
1: I believe so. (laughs) solid. They learned their lesson, I guess. That was probably a miserable ride.
0: Then in 2005, the ride got another slight upgrade for its 50th anniversary with fresh Paint and new log flumes that seat six, including a modified seat in the back to accommodate larger guests.
1: Which so is, the, and that's the seat that everybody wants anyway.
0: Oh, yeah, always back seat. Yeah. Without a doubt. You get the most drop and the less water.
1: We usually ask to sit in the back. Yeah.
0: So we got to talk about Song of the South. So it is the source material for this attraction and it's a controversial film so it's based off the stories told by Uncle Remus which is collected by Joel Chandler Harris rather than focusing on a single brer rabbit story the ride combines elements from a variety of different stories stories retold in the movie so over the years disney has distanced themselves from the controversial 1946 film which has never been released on home video or DVD due to concerns over political correctness and racial sensitivity. So Splash Mountains is one of the few reminders left that Disney ever produced the film. I don't, I don't even know what to think about this. I've never seen the film. Mm -mm. I might have as a very, very young child. I know we used to own it at some point,
1: Man, to have gotten rid of that. What a mistake.
0: But uh, yeah, it's gone now. So. I don't know. I wish that as a society, we were mature enough to watch something and realize that it's not correct, but it's still a story. Yeah. But. Unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to see that.
1: No, probably not. And it is a shame just because as Disney fans, we want to consume Everything, especially a movie that has inspired a whole attraction that so many people love. It would be nice to just make that connection because there are, you know, we had a hard time making all the connections and even recognizing the storyline. I can imagine that as time goes on, kids and, you know, the next generations are going to have an even harder time making those connections with the characters and just understanding what the story is
0: table that for just a second. Okay. I want to come back to that, but I think we talk a lot about movies saying that the soundtrack is one of the biggest indicators on whether a Disney movie will be a success or a failure. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Think about the songs that are in song of the South. You have, how do you do the laughing place and Academy award winning zippity doodah. Those three alone can probably carry almost any story. That's true. So I have a tendency to think it has to be good.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Think about how many other films from that. Long ago, before 1950, had so many wonderful songs.
1: I guess they might. We just don't know about them. (laughs) But yeah, that's a good point.
0: And then you had a fun fact you wanted to share.
1: Well, I did think it was a fun fact that Mark Davis was an animator of the film, but he was also an Imagineer who worked on the ride animatronics. Right. Yeah. And I just thought that was interesting that there was that crossover between the two. And to me, that just it's like, wow, he's a real you know professional that worked on the ride. You know, he did the movie. So to me, I thought it was really cool.
0: Yeah. So to come back to your conversation earlier about future generations are not going to get it as well. We talked about that in regards to it being in Tokyo, that definitely nobody in <laughs> in Japan, I shouldn't say nobody, very, very few people have seen Song of the South in Japan. Yeah. Unless maybe there's a pirated version that's so not who, censored there and they get to knows? watch it whenever they want. Maybe it's their favorite movie. <laughs> but do you think that's why... Rumors keep coming up every couple of years that Splash Mountain is getting refurbed.
1: Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, if Disney is so, I don't know if ashamed is the right word, but if they're so protective over the movie because they don't want that backlash of it being controversial. I mean, it's probably a hard thing because they renovate rides all the time to make them more modern and more updated. So I don't think it's a stretch for someone to say that, you know, it would get remodeled. I think it would be a shame if it did, because I don't know if anything could quite compare to what they already have. But I don't think it's shocking.
0: Well, we heard Moana a couple of years ago and, you know, yes, water makes sense. (laughs) But Frontierland Moana.
1: Uh, that makes no sense. It would
0: have to be absorbed into Adventureland. Is the yeah. only way that it would work in Walt Disney World. Now, that's a whole different trouble putting Moana in Critter Country.
1: <laughs> we both chuckled because we pictured ourselves saying Critter Country with a thick accent. <laughs> oh, it doesn't fit at all.
0: So that's the challenge, I think.
1: I do think that's a part of the puzzle.
0: Because how do you have Moana right next to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't quite fit. No. I mean, I guess you can say the same thing that Big Thunder Mountain is is. Well, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say, "Song of the South," I guess is not Frontierland either. That's Deep South instead of West Frontier.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't
0: know. Maybe it's just because what what we're used to. The colors work. The
1: it's, colors. yeah, it's,
0: They'll rock. As it's orange. aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break for our ad and then we'll be back with our lessons and our Neverland score. This episode is brought to you by Karma and Kismet. Our friend Kelly is an outstanding artist with an incredible eye for design. With some extra time on our hands, we've been doing some reorganizing and decorating. And some of you may be doing the same at your home. Kelly has created art prints and home decor to add some Disney magic to any room in your house. We highly recommend checking out Kelly's work at Karma, the letter N, KismetDesigns.com or search Karma and Kismet on Etsy. The link to her shop will also be in our show notes below. And if you'd like to check out with anything, use the code detour 10 and get 10% off your order. So lessons learned. We say every week we're going to change that.
1: But what would we change it to? Takeaways.
0: Key takeaways. takeaways, Storytelling highlights.
1: Well, here we go. Highlights. What's your highlight reel?
0: Well, you wrote yours down first and stole mine.
1: I didn't. I was quicker. You got to be quicker than that.
0: All right. You do yours and I'll do mine.
1: Okay. Well, when I did my research, I found a website that was called songlessouth.net which had some video clips of the movie and just commercials that aired to promo Splash Mountain. I would recommend that you check them out if you're curious about the movie because it was more content than I had ever seen before. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, But I connected most to the clip that I watched about The Laughing Place. And that is, I think, the biggest kind of standout of this ride and of um, the clip that I watched because In the clip, Br'er Rabbit was caught by Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, and they're about to roast him over fire until he bursts into laughter. And Br'er Bear, like everyone else, he's like, Well, I wanna know what's so funny. I wanna laugh. I want in on this. And he turns it into, Well, take me to this laughing place because I want in on the joke. So, of course, we know that Rabbit is just trying to trick them, and he's successful in doing so. But once they get there, Um, Brer Rabbit tricks Brer Bear into running into like a beehive, so of course it makes Brer Rabbit laugh, and Brer Bear is like, "Well, that wasn't funny." And Brer Rabbit explains, "Well, this is my laughing place, not your laughing place." And I thought that was very interesting because sometimes, you know, we all find joy or find humor in different things. You know, we all have a different Type of escape. And that's what the laughing place is. You know, even in the darkest or most stressful times, like being roasted over a fire, Brer Rabbit, that's a mouthful, was able to find his laughing place and get that escape that he needed. And I think that's something that we all try to look for. And for us and for maybe you, if you're listening, it's Disney.
0: I was going to write all of that.
1: Oh, were you? Word for word. Okay.
0: But I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that you can take away from this. I would maybe just add that even the people who, you know, are seemingly bad or you don't get along with, even they are yearning for a laughing place. And they're yearning for an escape uh, from their reality. So. I guess that's maybe what I would say is even your enemies seek after that. And it's probably good to recognize that many times. The other thing that I thought about was just from Brer Rabbit's perspective is to always be proactive and be one step ahead of everybody else. So trying to plan things out and make sure that you're getting in front of any issues can pay off in the end with your life. Yeah. And you can find your laughing place
1: outsmarting your opponent, basically.
0: Yum! Yeah. But other big lesson is Br'er Bear is lovable and not mean at all.
1: It was pretty funny. I seriously, you should if you have some spare time, you should go to that website. We're not affiliated with it in any way. It was just very informative. And watch some of those clips because it does make Br'er Bear look a little more lovable he's very gullible
0: brer bear is like smee from peter pan smee doesn't have a bad bone in his body Mm -hmm. but he's under the control of hook
1: he's yeah they're like scared yeah of smee is scared of hook
0: and the same thing brer bear is scared of brer fox so he Mm -hmm. follows whatever he says Mm -hmm. so he's not an enemy he's not a villain okay i'll die on that hill (laughs) okay
1: So let's talk about personal history. Do we want to look at some of these other stories that we have before we go into ours? Yes.
0: So we asked our friends who are in our Facebook podcast community, really fun group. If you'd like to join us over there, it's called Detour to Neverland Podcast Community. And we just asked, what are your thoughts, opinions or stories from Splash Mountain? And the response was hilarious.
1: Yeah, it definitely gave us a good laughing place.
0: I would like to point out that your mom commented on this. Your mom is weirdly like the biggest Splash Mountain fan I know. And she hates thrill rides.
1: She hates it. You're actually dipping into my personal history. So I'm going to uh, need you just to pause right there.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. So our friend Jill, let's start with maybe the not. This is a polarizing attraction. For sure. Our friend Jill said, I want to love it. The ride itself is fun, but one of my pet, thieves, pet peeves is being in wet clothes, especially since I have to keep walking around all day. So I have a hard time getting myself to go on it. I get that. Very true. There are many, many trips where we never make it on Splash Mountain because we're waiting for the right moment. And then.
1: It, and it just never happens.
0: It never happens or the queue gets too long.
1: That is. The one thing that I will say about getting on this ride is sometimes you like build up the courage to get on it. You know, like you convince yourself that you're going to do it. But then the line gets crazy and it's like, nope, not doing it anymore. Well, they do not
0: move many people through this ride.
1: It is a very slow
0: slow loading and unloading.
1: You have to be patient.
0: I, I can't, I honestly don't think I've ever waited standby for Splash Mountain. I think I've only done it with a fast pass.
1: I probably did as a kid.
0: In a similar vein, our friend Annie from the Never Growing Up podcast said, I legitimately don't understand why people want to walk around in soggy shoes. I get that.
1: I will say that is probably my biggest pet peeve of life is having wet feet when you're not supposed to have wet feet. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Whew.
0: Our friend Thomas from the Talking Llamas podcast, who we just interviewed last week, said, as long as I'm embracing my inner child, same child who likes to jump in puddles and run around in the rain, Splash Mountain will always be a blast. I think that makes a lot of sense. You have to be in the right mood to ride Splash Mountain.
1: You do. I mean, because you have you have to get on it knowing there's a high likelihood I'm going to get wet and have to walk around all day, and you have to be okay with that.
0: So we've got some really Great references to that. This is a perfect photo pass ride, and I could not agree more.
1: Oh yeah, and we even have some pictures to look at. So we can't talk you through them, but you should check them out.
0: Yeah. So our friend Connor from WDW Opinion, our friend Robert from Talking Llamas Podcast, and our friend Jake all talk about that it is the perfect attraction to take friends on to. Set your friends up, maybe who aren't <laughs> as into riding it. Uh and making sure this is a perfect one you can trick people into doing something goofy in the photo and then you don't follow suit. So they're the only because ones. Because they even,
1: can't see you. Exactly. Or like I always love it when you see the proposals on this ride because again, they can't see you. I think that's cute. It's a little risky, but it's fun.
0: Yeah. A friend Amanda from Five Little Elephants said that this was the first big ride that her son rode when he was five years old and he loved it. That is rare, I think, think? for Splash to be your first big ride.
1: This might have been my first big ride.
0: Man. Maybe it's just you. Me. Just
1: probably just you because your family doesn't ride this ride. Well, that isn't. I
0: it is set up intentionally that you have to walk by the drop to get into the queue, and that's so where have to see it. That's where I chickened out mm-hmm. when you hear the people screaming, <laughs> dropping down to certain death. <laughs> then that's where you chicken it's, out.
1: I I could see that for sure.
0: And then you want to read from our friend Catherine.
1: Yeah, so it says, so the first time we, and by we, she means me, my mom, and my brother, convinced my husband to ride, we told him that we'd get wet. It was the end of the day, and we didn't want to ride the bus back to the resort wet. So we put on our ponchos and rode the ride, and it was fun, and they still got wet. We've never gotten ponchos.
0: We have not. I mean, that's a pro move.
1: I mean, that's definitely commitment on another level. I mean, to go into a gift store... To purchase a poncho.
0: Well, OK, let me back you up. Most people, most responsible people, Catherine, I don't know if you're aware of this. They they bring ponchos with them to Walt Disney World. We have just never been prepared enough to do that.
1: What?
0: <laughs> it's a thing. It's a whole thing. People go to their dollar store you and get dollar ones. Because it once.
1: rains a lot or yeah. something? I don't know. Not everybody. experienced that.
0: Not everybody goes and buys the $12 <laughs> one in the gift store.
1: We've only done that once.
0: And it did we bought it in Galaxy's Edge and it didn't even have Star Wars on it. No, it No, we
1: bought it at the outpost. Launch Bay. Launch, whatever. (laughs) Launch Bay.
0: But all of that is just to say this ride is very polarizing. If you like getting wet is not a good part of it at all. No. Would you enjoy this ride more if you did not get wet? Or is that part of the fun?
1: It is part of the fun because even um, Jake in his story said, you know, he convinced his friend to ride it when he was in like button downs, khaki loafers, the whole nine yards. Like to me, that's part of the fun. Just like watching your friends or your family get completely soaked. I mean, my dad is like one of those weird people who like always wears dress shoes, like as normal shoes. Is. He literally, <laughs> he literally wears dress shoes to Disney to walk around all day. But like, to me, that's funny <laughs> that a, that he wears that to the theme park. So then that gets wet. And he said it took like the whole week long trip to dry out the shoes and everything else. I mean, that's just a memory that you keep talking about the whole trip. Like, ha your shoes are still wet from slash mountain.
0: Yeah. I guess I would say You never like want to get wet, Mm -hmm. but after you do, do you ever regret it?
1: I don't I don't think so. Now, I do agree with like riding the bus in wet clothes is pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. So if you can time it perfectly, if it's really hot and you have the sun, I do think that's helpful.
0: Yeah. But so our stories from this. So you seem to think that I wrote this when we were in college. I thought I wrote this for the first time when we were in high school.
1: I don't think so. I really don't think so. You think I waited that long? I I truly in my heart, I truly do.
0: I was of drinking age the first time I wrote <laughs> Splash Mountain is what you're saying.
1: I yeah. Yeah.
0: Man. Have I just like brainwashed myself to think that I've wrote this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably. You're probably embarrassed. I would be too.
0: <laughs> but for me, I've kind of always viewed this and Tower of Terror in the same vein that I love them, but I do still get anxious before I get on them.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a
0: very daunting, quote unquote, big kid ride. Yeah. Like it's an adult I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just view it that way. You said you wrote it as a kid and a five-year-old wrote it. So I don't know. There's no
1: seatbelts involved. I'm just trying
0: to make myself feel better about this. But drops have never been my favorite portion of rides. So that's kind of why I have these. This type of ride doesn't stand out to me. as something that I would love. But from a Disney storytelling and attraction perspective, this ride has everything. It has awesome animatronics. It has dark ride storytelling like Fantasyland. It has a thrill payoff at the end and excellent music.
1: You're a big fan of the soundtracks on rides.
0: Oh yeah. Are you not?
1: No, I am I just feel like you talk about it a lot more. Like it it it's something that you focus on, which isn't a bad thing, but I think. It makes a bigger difference to you than to me.
0: I worked today to the Splash Mountain, like twinkling stars music from the queue.
1: (laughs) Well, that's fun. So as far as my personal history, Brendan started to mention it, but this was always a must ride for my family, mostly because it's one of the only rides that we could convince my mom to ride and not even convince. Like she likes to ride this ride, although she hates all thrill rides. Whatever it is, if it's anything with water, she'll do it. Like even the water roller coasters, maybe she just feels safer in water. I don't know. It's weird. But we always rode it. Of course, as a kid, like you kind of go through a phase where like you want to look like cute at the parks and like all that kind of stuff. So I think like middle school, high school going, we wouldn't get on this ride as often. But... Once I got back on the ride, I realized how much I missed out on because I really forgot a lot of it. I forgot that there were so many little drops leading up to the big drop. And I think that's really exciting. I like that about Tower of Terror. And then similar to Radiator Springs Racers that we talked about on our last storytelling episode, I like the combination of thrill and like the story and the kind of dark ride aspect of it. So, yeah. I do remember as far as personal histories. So, in elementary school, I think I was in 3rd grade. I slightly remember my teacher reading us these stories, like the book form. It was an interim teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so she probably didn't care. But I I'm pretty sure she would read it to us after recess. And then my sister, I remember she sang "Zippity Doodah" for some sort of like play audition or something when we were in elementary school.
0: Is there footage of that?
1: Oh, I wish you should ask her about it tomorrow <laughs> when we talk to her. You should ask her about it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it it just goes to prove that even though the movie is no longer consumable the music and the characters have withstood the test of time
1: yeah and i hope they do honestly i would be pretty upset if they remodeled this one
0: when we went to moonlight magic in animal kingdom brer bear and brer bear and brer fox had maybe the longest line of all the characters that we met that night
1: yeah i'm trying to think of the other ones that we met
0: Mowgli. Was maybe longer. He had a
1: crazy line. Yeah. I mean, anytime those rare characters come out, they do. But I do think that by them having a long line, it does kind of prove that they're not going anywhere. You know, like if it was completely deserted and people were like, "Eh, I don't care about them. You know, that might be a red flag. But.
0: All right. Tony Baxter still listening. He wants to know the Neverland score for. Splash Mountain. So just to remind you, the Neverland score is composed of the ability to take you out of reality. The story you're being told, rewritability effects and technology and the emotional attachment. Catherine drum roll, please.
1: For like the, I don't know, however many weeks in a row I'm giving this one a nine because (laughs) it just seems to check all the boxes. I mean, I think The only thing for me that could maybe make it rank higher is just not being wet at the end, not having wet shoes, because I do think it gives you like the anticipation and the thrill and the build up. And I don't know what's going to happen next, because there are so many little stories kind of going on within the big story that I really enjoy.
0: New rule, you can't give next week's attraction a nine.
1: OK, I'll give it like a 10 because <laughs> it's my choice and I love it again.
0: Um, I give Splash Mountain an eight mm. points taken away from me because of the source material. OK. I like if we could still watch Song of the South, it would probably be higher. And because you get wet. Yeah. Because it's a ride that we don't ride every single time we go to Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Like space, every single time. Big Thunder. Big Thunder, every single time. Splash, I'd love for it to be up there, but it's got to be the right. You got to be in the right mood and it's got to be the right setup.
1: I agree with that. So next week, my pick again. I'm choosing Expedition Everest. And I'm. Really excited.
0: So you're going to give it another high score. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. We're going to choose all of our favorite rides and give them high scores. And then we're going to be stuck giving like twos and threes to. The rides at the end of this list.
1: I'm I'm OK with that. Maybe I'm really excited.
0: When are we going to do Rise of the Resistance?
1: We'll have to save that one for last.
0: Tim. <laughs> <have to> Eleven.
1: <laughs> Anywho, We hope enjoyed our storytelling episode for today and we would love to hear what you think about splash mountain if you want to head over to our facebook page and give us your opinion share your funny photo pass pictures because that always brightens our day um and we will see you again on monday
0: yep thanks guys
1: Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us
0: on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.